Hello and welcome to our weekly podcast from Faith Point Church, Auckland, New Zealand. We hope you will encounter God afresh in this week's teaching segment. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to hear more, then you can visit us at www.faithpoint.org.nz. And now for today's message. The Apostle wrote these words, Don't you know that all runners in a stadium run the race? But only one receives the prize. Run in such a way to win the prize. Why don't you say with me, run to win. Run to win. Everybody starts on the starting line. And Paul's saying, we're all in this race. But there's only going to be one that crosses the line in first place today. And not everybody who competes will win first prize. I don't think I've ever heard anyone when they've finished their race say, yeah, I came fifth. (laughs) God wants us and the Apostle Paul says to us that I'm able to equip you in such a way that you can run your own race, but you can run it in such a way that you can cross the line in first place. And remember, it's not about competing against each other, but it's about competing in this race called life. You know, I, um, most of you know I love sport. I played a lot of sport when I was younger, played rugby, uh, played with a couple of All Blacks, in fact. That's my name to fame, my claim to fame when I was younger. And, uh, and I, you know, I, I love the All Blacks as like most Kiwis do. That's our brand. In fact, I was talking to a North American missionary at a pastor's meeting. He came into the meeting from the States wearing an All Black jersey. And I said, that's all you need to do to start a church. Come every Sunday, wear your All Black jersey. Soon you'll have a great crowd. Amen. And, but you know, uh, Paul's not talking about the All Blacks this morning. He's talking about winning in the race of life. And I know in many areas we can be successful in life. In many areas, you can be a successful business person today. You can be successful at university. You can be successful in your profession. But I wanna ask you a question today. Are you winning in the race of life? Because if if we've been successful in all these other areas, but we're not winning in life, then we're losing. And Paul says, I've got keys that I've found in my life where I know when you set out to run in this race called life, where you can be a winner, where you can run in such a way that you will win in life. You know, Jesus, as I came to know Christ, Jesus Christ replaced all my sporting heroes. You know, the Martin Crows, the Sean Fitzpatricks, the John Kerwins, all the guys that I grew up with back in the day. You know, they were guys that I used to look up to. But now there's one that supersedes them all in my eyes. And He's the one that ran the race that nobody else could run. He's the one that went before all of us. He's the one, He's the one that, that took my place and gave the greatest sacrifice of all time, Jesus Christ, took His own, took it place and gave His own life for each and every one of us. He ran in such a way that He won the prize for all of us. That when He died on that cross, He 
He died in your place. He paid for your sin. He spilt His blood so that when you believe, you now have access into heaven. And anyone that's got access into heaven is a winner. You are a winner. Jesus has won a passport and it's got your name on it. And when you believe, you now can travel from this country, this country called earth into your citizenship in heaven as a heavenly citizen. Your passport has been written, signed with Jesus' blood. And now you can become a citizen of heaven and you can live for all eternity. I wanna tell you, earth's journey is just a drop in the Pacific Ocean compared to eternity. What God is doing in your life today here on earth pales into comparison. The Bible says, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man what God has prepared for those who love Him, but He's revealing it to us by His Holy Spirit. And so Jesus is the hero. And this is why He's our hero. The book of Romans gives us a clue. In Romans 5, it says, this, verse 18. Therefore, through one man's offence, judgment came to all men. Who was that man? His name was Adam. Through Adam, an offence came into the human race. And it goes on to say here, resulting in condemnation. The whole of the human race was under offence and condemnation through one man's sin. Even so, Here comes the good part. Through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in the justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. You say to me this morning, but Pastor James, I'm not sure if I qualify for heaven. This is what this verse is saying to us today. It's saying, look, all of you came under a life sentence of eternal death. All of you were deserving of death because none of you passed the test. The Bible says, even the best that we've got to offer before God is His filthy rags in His sight. None of us come up to scratch. None of us can stand on the podium with our own meritorious righteousness. The Bible says that's filthy in the sight of God. But it says today, through the free gift and through one man's act of obedience, through one man's act of giving his life for the world, then all now can pass in. The whole of humanity now has a free pass into heaven and into all eternity because of Jesus. That's pretty exciting, friends. Praise God. And so the Bible says that because our hero Jesus has gone before us, because He's won His race, now you can win your race. When you believe in Jesus Christ, He's given you all the keys on how to win, not just in in this year of 2018, but how to be a winner for the rest of the days of your life. When I look back on my life, you know, when I first became a Christian, God sent me back to my hometown. And in my hometown, I had a reputation for being the black sheep of the family. And here I am returning to my hometown and I'm 25 four years old and I'm now a pastor. The guy that used to hang around in the pubs and the clubs, he's now a, did you say plasterer or did you say pastor? 
He's what? He's a pastor. So I had everything going against me because nobody believed me, just like nobody in Jesus' hometown believed Him. And the Bible says He could do few miracles in His hometown because nobody believed. He's just the carpenter, Joseph. He's Joseph's boy. And so I had to go back. But you know what? In that time that I've known Jesus Christ, my life has so dramatically changed as I focus on the one that won the race for me, that went before me. And because He won, now I can win. It's not about me boasting. It's not about me showing off what I've got. It's about me showing off what He's done for me and through me so the world may know and the world may see. You know, God didn't come to condemn the world. He came to save the world. He's not about condemning the world, that through Jesus Christ, the world has now been freed and lifted from condemnation. But Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No person, no man, woman or child gets to the Father except He comes through me. And people say, you're so narrow-minded. Why can't He come through the Hindus? Why can't He come through the Mormons? Why can't He come through all these other religions? No, it's not about religion. It's about a person. It's about Jesus said He is the way. He said He is the truth. He is the life. It's not about Faith Point Church. It's about the one we serve. It's about Jesus Christ. We don't get baptised in the name of Faith Point. We don't get baptised in the name of a denomination. We get baptised in His name, in the name of Jesus. He's the one that makes the difference today. So the Bible just doesn't tell us what to do. It tells us how to do it. The Bible is a great, helpful book. And it says very simply, this is how you can run your race. And it focuses again on the one who showed us the way, Jesus Christ. Look at this, Hebrews chapter 12. Therefore, since... We are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Who are the witnesses? It's Moses. It's Moses who parted the Red Sea. It's Elijah who called down fire from heaven and to consume the sacrifice, who worked in a supernatural anointing. It's the Elishas, it's the Isaiahs, it's the Daniels. It's all those that have already run their race. The Bible says that they're looking down on us and they're cheering you on. They're in the Colosseum of heaven and they're looking down on your life and they're saying, go Viv, go Sue, go Georgie, go Ania, run your race. I'm cheering you on from the halls of heaven today. He says, there's such a great cloud of witness. And then he says this, let us throw off everything that hinders. Did you hear that? Throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles our lives and let us run with perseverance. It's not a hundred metres, it's a marathon. It's not just a short sprint. It's running for the rest of your life, this life of faith that God has called us to. Run the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author, the perfecter of our faith. See, friends, everywhere you look in Scripture, it's about Jesus. It's not about us. It's not about the church. It's about the person, the Son of God. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus. Take your eyes off Jesus and you're in trouble. Keep your eyes on Jesus. You're going to make it through and you're going to win the race of life. And it says the reason why He did it, for the joy set before Him. He endured the cross, scorning its shame, and He sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider Him who? 
Jesus, consider Jesus who endured such opposition from sinful men. Have any of you seen the movie, The Passion of the Christ? You'll know what I'm talking about today. If you wanna know what Jesus did for you, have a look at the movie, The Passion of the Christ. You'll see it in graphic detail of what He did for you. And the author's saying, don't have a pity party. Stop focusing on poor me. Stop focusing on your life. When it gets tough, fix your eyes and remind yourself what He did for you. Consider Him. Consider Jesus who's paid such an awesome price for your life today, who endured such opposition from sinful men. Why? So that you will not grow weary and lose heart today. You know, most motivational speakers will tell you the key to success is focus. Focus, focus. Don't get distracted. Stay focused. Stay on task. Write those goals down. Write those top five down. Narrow them down to the top three. Stay on track. Stay on focus. You can do it. You can be a winner. You will win in life. This is what they'll tell you to do. But friends, our real focus is Jesus. And when we set our minds solely on Jesus Christ and we allow the life source, in the beginning was the Word. Who's the Word? Jesus. And the Word was the Word was with God from the beginning and all things were made through Him. And without Him, nothing that was made that was made. Did you know that? Everything that you see around you came through the spoken Word. God spoke, bam! Earth was created. The universe was made. The stars were put into place. The soul system began tracking on the track that God set in place and it all happened through the Word. And the Bible says all things were made through Him. Without Him, nothing was made that was made. That means that when you're tracking with Jesus, you have the creative life force of God inside of you and your world can change. As we've seen through these guys that testified this morning, everything changed when they believed that Jesus could create something new through them. Wow. And he says, why do you stay focused? Because we've got to consider what Jesus did. We all go through valleys. We have mountaintop experiences. And I want to remind you, there's many recorded in the Scriptures, mountaintop experiences. Right through from Genesis to Revelation, we see how God elevated and changed people's lives through ordinary men and women. But I wanna tell you, if you take a close look at the Scriptures, you'll find many of those mountaintop experiences, sometimes they were only once in a lifetime experiences for people. The rest of the time, they had to learn how to walk through the valleys. They had to learn how to walk through the hard times. You know, the great thing about walking through a valley is that when you're walking through a valley, if you keep walking, you'll walk out the other side of your valley. You'll walk down into that hole. If you keep walking, you'll walk right out of that hole. Amen. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. You're with me, Lord, this morning. So it says we've got to keep focus. Otherwise, this is what happens. We grow weary and we lose heart. What is losing heart? It means discouraged. You once had courage. Now you're discouraged. Courage has leaked out of your life. And sometimes when something bigger than you comes along and you've grown weary and you've lost heart, what happens is, is that situation swallows you up 
and you no longer have the courage to face that situation. But if you stay focused on Him, consider Him, Jesus this morning, the author and the perfecter of your faith. When you consider Him, friends, you can keep courage in your heart because He's the King of courage. Courage runs through Christ's bloodstream and He offers that courage to you to keep going no matter what obstacle or giant you're facing this morning. The King of courage can keep encouraging you. Can you give me an amen? And He says simply three things here. He says, number one, if you wanna run this race and you wanna be successful with all those cloud of witnesses cheering you on, He says, throw off the hindrances. Can I ask you this morning? Most of us are aware of it, friends, if we're really honest with ourselves. What is hindering your life today? What is dragging you down? What is slowing you down? What is it that is going on in your life this morning that has become a hindrance to you? You know that you wanna do this, but you can't seem to do it. Like the Apostle Paul, he said, the things I wanna do, I don't do them. And the things I don't wanna do, I end up doing them. There's a hindrance. There's an obstacle, there's something in the way. You know, you, when you see, you see the athletes now, man, I mean, they're wearing less and less at the Olympic Games. You know, they used to have the big baggy shorts and the loose singlets. Now everything's tight and sleek. They're made for speed. They're made for speed. They've cut down every single thing that would slow them down because they're ready to run that race at top speed. What is it that's hanging on to you today that's become a hindrance within your life? He says, throw off everything that weighs you down. The second thing he says is throw off the sin. The sin that so easily entangles us. You know, there's a plant called the sundew plant that's an apt illustration for us. And the, and the sundew plant, this beautiful plant here, see the little tips that are glistening? Well, the fly goes, ooh, pretty plant. And he lands on top of the sundew plant. What he doesn't realise is that the beautiful glistening edge, ends of each of the stems is actually made out of a sticky glue-like substance. He lands on the beautiful plant and, uh, and then he begins to suck the nutrients out of the plant. But what he doesn't realise is that he's not moving anywhere because from the time that he landed on that beautiful, attractive, sticky plant, he signed his own death sentence because what is about to happen to him is that out of that plant will come suction caps that will begin to latch onto the fly's body. And after a period of time, if we see in the next slide, Mr. Fly, who, who looked so lusciously and beautifully at this plant, becomes a victim of his own enticement. And you know what will happen eventually to him? All of the stuff that's inside the shell of that fly gets sucked out. And there's literally just a shell. This is your lesson in biology this morning. <laughs> What's the lesson here, friends? This, don't be a fly. <laughs> yeah, don't be a sucker. Here's the lesson, friends. When we get attracted to sin, sin will latch on to your life and it will suck the life of God out of you. It will turn you into a shell of a person 
when you continue to cave in to the things that you know that your conscience is telling you, I shouldn't be doing this. And remember, the Bible says that we can be more than conquerors through Christ who gave us life for us. So it's not like the Bible is condemning us to a sentence of defeat. The Bible, in fact, promises every born again believer that they can overcome every sin that used to entice them and weigh them down and suck the life out of them. The Bible says you can be free from the power of sin and you can overcome sin. You can be an overcomer today. You can cross the finish line in first place. Not because of trying harder, Not because you might shine up your badge and say, I did it, I did it, I did it my way. No, 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 no. When you fix your eyes upon Jesus and you draw from Him, then your life can be filled with the life of the Spirit. And when you see that sundew plant, when you see that enticing sin, when you see that thing that the devil's attracting you for, the devil tried it on Jesus Himself when He was in the wilderness. He fasted for 40 days and 40 nights and the devil comes to him. He knows he's hungry. And he says, if you're the Son of God, turn these stones into bread. And he begins to entice him to use his personal power for his personal benefit. And the Son of God says, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. You see, when you're connected to the Word, the living Word, the Word who was in the beginning with God, then you are able to draw strength from Him so that you're powered by Jesus on the inside and you can defeat every sin that comes your way. And the Bible says this is the great thing about Christianity. If we do happen to sin, we have an advocate in the court of heaven. Right now in the court of heaven, the devil is the prosecutor. God the Father is the judge. And Jesus is the defence attorney. Hallelujah. And right now the Bible says that if you sin, praise God, the devil is saying, see, see, judge, see God the Father. I knew He was rotten through and through. He pretends to be a Christian. He goes to church on Sunday. But did you know? Did you know, Judge, what he was doing before he came to church today? Did you know how much of a bad boy he's been? And he begins to rail because the Bible says the devil is the accuser of the brethren. The devil will run you down. He'll accuse you. When you fail, when you fall short in your walk with God, the devil's right on your shoulder, cursing you, running you down, railing upon your life. But I want to tell you, the Bible says we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous judge. Jesus Christ is standing there as your defence attorney and He's saying, Judge, don't listen to Him. He's got nothing worth hearing. I want you to know, Judge, that I've actually paid the penalty for that thing that He's talking about. I went to the cross. I paid with my own blood and now He's free from that sin because of what I've done on His behalf. Set Him free in Jesus' Name and we can walk free from under the condemnation of sin. Because of Jesus Christ today. Wow. You know, the sad thing about sin, did you, did you know that? You know, I used to love going to nightclubs. He loved, used to love juicing up on drugs and going out and having a great time with all my friends. And uh, you know what would happen? And this used to really annoy the heck out of me. I didn't understand why it happened. But I always normally wake up on a Sunday morning. Sometimes I'd wake up and I'd say, what happened? Because I had no recollection of the night before. <laughs> 
But every single time I'd wake up on a Sunday morning after I'd been out partying on a Saturday night and my heart was so empty. There was a gnawing emptiness that used to drive me mad on Sunday mornings. It was like, I'm not born to be feeling like this on a Sunday morning. Somehow I should be somewhere else on a Sunday morning. There's another plan that God has for my life on a Sunday morning. And that was to be with God's people in God's house, worshipping Jesus, celebrating the goodness of God. Amen. Amen. And that's the thing about sin, friends, is this. The Bible says, the pleasures of choosing to go your way, they only last for a short period of time and then you feel the bite and the consequences of your wrongdoing. Jesus wants to free you from that. If you're here this morning and you haven't yet surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, you can know the freedom of being set free from the bites and the consequences of the sting of sin within your life. Jesus has removed that sting for you today. And lastly today, He says, throw off the hindrances. He said, don't let sin entangle you. And lastly to say, He says, run with perseverance the run that you've got. We all have a course mapped out for us. Each of you is unique to run your own race. I may not be able to run your race and you can't run mine, but you've got a race to run for your life. What are you doing with your life today? Are you running it with perseverance? Have you fixed your eyes on Jesus? Are you focused in your life today? Are you drawing strength from the Son of God to run this race so that you can cross the line? And win first prize. You know what first prize is for your life? That I have found out what the will of God is for my life and I have accomplished it. That's first prize. You're a winner if you can carry out the will of God for your life today. Paul endured to the end. He ran his race. He said this at the end of his life. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. Listen to this. I have kept the faith. I've been a pastor for 30 years and you know what? I've had many colleagues and friends who used to be pastors. Not only are they not pastors anymore, but they're not even running the Christian race anymore. They've been disqualified because somehow they got distracted and they took their eyes off the prize. They took their eyes off Jesus Christ. Instead of fixing their eyes on Jesus, they got distracted. And but by the grace of God, I stand where I am today because it's not through my own merit. I can tell you that right now. God knows my own conscience and my own life today. But they never persevered. They never endured. They didn't fix. They had a short-term mentality. They had a 100-metre sprint mentality instead of realising that this was a marathon that God had called us to. And not a marathon so much to be endured, but to persevere through the difficult times so that you'll eventually cross the finishing line. You know, I love that. There was, a, there was a marathon a number of years ago. I can't remember where it was, but I can remember. I can remember the stunning, stunning finish to this marathon. You know, in long distance running, they have an expression, it's called hit, hitting the wall. When a runner hits the wall, he literally has no more energy to take any more steps. They hit the wall, they're juiced out. They've got nothing left in the tank. And I can remember this guy, he was, he was leading the marathon. He came around the last bend. He only had 100 metres left to run. And he hit the wall. He had run his race to perfection. A 42-kilometre race 
And with 100 metres left to run, he hit the wall and he literally collapsed. Well, you know what? The guy who was running behind him in second place, who he, if he had continued to run, he would have won the race. Do you know what he did? He stopped and he picked his friend up, his fellow competitor up. He picked him up and he put his arm and he carried him the last 100 metres. He lost the race because he bothered to take up the challenge of helping another brother across the finishing line. That's the kind of race you're called to run. We all know somebody this morning that's struggling. We all know somebody that doesn't seem to be enduring or persevering. And when you see that person, it's your responsibility. You are your brother's keeper. You are your sister's keeper. God is called us to love one another and you're to get them and you're to embrace them and you're to pick them up and you're to help them cross that finish line. In Jesus' Name, give the Lord a clap this morning. So through one man's act of obedience, the free gift of eternal life came to the whole of the human race. It's yours and mine for the taking this morning. But it's more than just knowing about this free gift. The Bible says you've got to receive this free gift. You've got to receive the person of Jesus Christ to be able to fully understand what I've been talking to you about. You won't be able to win in this race of life until you've received the free gift that Jesus has given for you. His life was given for you. Through one man's act of obedience, the free gift of righteousness was given to the human race. This is what John the Apostle said. To as many who received him, to them he gave the power to become the children of God. To as many as who believed on his name. There's someone to be received. His name is Jesus. There's someone to be believed on today. And there's somebody to receive into your life. It's Jesus Christ.